Are you all awake? Did you all have your doni? What? Cinnamon rolls too, yes. Yeah, though I made those. Those are those are good. Do you believe I made those? No, Kay, Kaylee made those. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence today with thanksgiving and we glorify the name of Jesus. Lord, we anticipate, we expect your presence, Holy Spirit. We expect that corporate anointing as we lift up Jesus. Amen. Careful hands they hold us, safe within 
His promise, holy and of destiny. I will sing of holy tongue. I will remember how far You carried me from beginning to the end. You are faithful. You are faithful, tell me Father's heart that's for me, never ending story, love that's always chasing me. Kindness overwhelming, hope for me unending, never giving up on me.
For the Spirit of Grace would say this day, I desire all of you, all of your members, spirit, soul, and body. Now is the time and now is the hour to seek after me and cry out for my power. For you've entered an hour and a time that all of your members should be mine. So consecrate daily and dedicate your time, your service, your life to me. And I will open your eyes and I'll cause you to see all the great and mighty and wonderful things that are coming your way. For you have been purposed and ordained and destined for this day. For my grace is sufficient to put you over. My grace is sufficient for you to accomplish all that I've called you to do. So don't look back. Don't look behind. But look ahead for the future is great and divine for my signs and my wonders and miracles have I not said they would follow you for now is the time for you to begin to do those things that I've called you to do so know that my grace is sufficient no worries and no care for I'm right beside you and I'll lead you and guide you in the way. And I'll teach your tongue and your mouth what to say. 
So rely on me. Call on me and expect me to lead you every day. For you have already entered in to the promised land. And all you have to do is stand and see the salvation of your God. So know those whom I've called, those whom I have appointed and destined, shall surely in, enter in to the fullness of my glory in this hour. We worship You and we do surrender ourselves to You. Don't resist the beckoning and the call of the Spirit of grace in this hour. But find that quiet place and be still before God. We worship You and we honor You in this house this morning. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, we love You. Speak to our hearts this day the words, the living words that we need to hear. Oh, thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Spirit of grace, for Your supernatural peace to envelop your people this morning, spirit, soul, and body. We thank you, Father. And all God's people said, I love Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Some quick announcements. <clears throat> Tuesday at 6 is Patriots. Wednesday at 7 is our midweek service. Today, from 3 to 6, is our men's fellowship. We're going to have a Blue Rock shoot out at Cedar Valley Hunt Club in Stanton County. If you don't want to shoot, you can still come. They've got food. Okay? Or if you don't have a gun, come anyway. We'll have extra guns. Uh, we provide the food. We provide the clays. Um, We'll have extra guns. Uh, if you can help with $20, it helps cover the cost of all those things, and you can give that to them out there. The important thing is that you need to know is you need to be out there by 3 o'clock today. So it will give you directions out at Cedar Valley Hunt Club. If you've never been there, there's the house where Christiansons live, and then down below is the, the gun range. You need to meet at the house. That's the direction your phones will give you is the house. Because if you go there, we get you signed up, you have to do the waivers, the whole thing for the, for the um, range, and that kind of thing. So if you could be there at 3, please be there, and then you'll go together down to the range. If you have any questions about that, you can talk to Micah or Caleb after the service if you need directions or anything like that. We also have two events coming up on October 15th. That's a Sunday. For several years, we've taken the kids from Children's Church, and we go and do the mercy meals where we pack the food. 
and pack away hunger. And we're going to do that again this year. Um, We've signed up for that Sunday morning. So what we need is we'll have the kids, but we need some adults to go along and help. And so if you're interested in that and going along to help, if I could get you to raise your hands and then hold your hands up and Beth will take down your name and then they either she or Brad will contact you. If you don't understand Mercy Meals, back on the the bulletin board, there is information on Mercy Meals there. But we do need, like, how many adults? Three or four? Five? Maybe five? And it's fun. Everybody that goes there has... It's fun. They pack the food and then they send it. So if you're interested in that, would you raise your hand? If not, talk to Beth or Brad after church today. Would you do that for me, please? And we'll keep you informed. We'll get, we'll get people. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we got that. Also on the 15th, from 3 to 6 in the afternoon, is our women's fellowship. This will be the last one of this year. And we're going to meet here. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, so we could kind of plan for that. We'd appreciate that. We're going to have a pumpkin carving contest. We're going to have fall desserts. And we're going to have a bonfire, weather permitting. We just want it to be kind of a relaxed, fun day so everybody can get some rest and get their breath for all the activities that have been going on. So that's the 15th. So if you have any questions about that, you can let me know too. If you have your Bibles... Would you open to Deuteronomy chapter 8? This week I was out and about. I was out at the apple orchard. I was at a food market. I was at R&M. I was going to get all this stuff. Just minding my own business. And everywhere I went, the subject would come up. Other, just, I could hear other people there, and they were all talking about the economy. And I could tell with everyone they were anxious and they were fearful and they were upset and they were nervous. And it was just, even I went over to see the neighbors and that's what they brought up immediately. And you've heard me say, when we first came here in 1983, the economy was terrible. It was bad. Interest was like 15 and 16 percent. You think seven's bad? Interest was 15 to 16 percent back then. The job market was terrible. And it was just, everything was gloom and doom. And it affected us. I mean, we, when we first got here, we really struggled financially. And we were young and we were dumb and we learned along the way. <laughs> ignorant. Ignorant. <laughs> anyway... There was a a gentleman, um, so I love Dave Ramsey and his what he instructs on finances, and that's pretty much on the very practical side. And so when we were struggling, we got a hold of that information and we started to to do that in the natural. But there was a man that taught spiritual economics. And I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name was John Avanzini. I don't know if he's still alive. He would be pretty old if he was. And he taught, he was the most anointed teacher on spiritual economics that I had ever heard. And, and he taught along these lines. And so I've been, you know, I've been teaching that God wants to bless us. But there's the element of our heart has to get in line with the word of God. But we have to do things in the natural also. So 
I can remember we were just struggling and and we heard John Avanzini speak and he, I can remember a couple different things he taught on but he taught on this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 and for whatever you know the word is God speaking to you and he spoke to me that day and it set me free because I was feeling like all these people at the apple orchard and the neighbors, I was kind of at that point pretty discouraged on our finances and the economic situation. And I got this scripture, and he taught on it. And it's in verse 18, and it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. That can be interpreted ability or wealth to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. See, there is a world economic system, and we live in the world, but we're not of the world. We want to be hooked up with God's economic system. And he owns a cattle on Thousand Hills. And he set this whole thing in motion, and he knows how the economy should work. And if we get in line with his will and his ways and follow his economy, and one of the things is, each one of us, he gives abilities. And we can tap in on those abilities that he gets us to get wealth. And, and God's never going to forsake us. God, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, even though grocery... One woman Friday actually apologized to me because of the price she had to charge me for what I was purchasing because she said our prices that we're dealing with are so high. But I'm telling you, God's got it in control. And you hook up on his wagon, he's going to take care of us because he brought us through then and he's going to bring us through now. In fact, it's going to be bigger and it's going to be better. So let me read this to you again. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power and ability to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to his fathers, as it is this day. So I would encourage you, meditate that scripture. Get a hold of what he's telling you, because in that whole portion of scripture in Deuteronomy, it talks about the blessings of obedience, and then it caps it off with that scripture. So ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. How many of you remember that hymn from years ago? If you were raised in, I was raised in the Methodist Church. That 
word I told Abe, and I had that word surrender in my heart this week. So God bless you, Abe. Amen. We need to surrender all. Amen. Amen. I want to make mention of the fact, if you'll remember, we told you a while back, we, we support Jeff Rogers in, in Africa. And uh, we planned on having, having him here around the 10th of November. And I was sound asleep, when was it, Thursday night or whatever, and he sent me a text, seven hours difference in time. And he said uh, he has to come to the States for a surgical procedure. I think he's, he's had some health concerns, and he comes to the United States. And uh, he said when I have, he has to have some kind of procedure done, and he says it's awful close to that date, so could we reschedule? He'll be here through the middle of February. So now we're looking at having him come the end of January into February. And uh, this is what I thought the scripture she, sh- she shared, because I confess that over myself. God gives me the ability to gain wealth. So I want all of you to, to prayerfully consider, um, you'll have time now as we get through Christmas, we come into the first of the year, to lay up a big seed for him. I have an amount in my heart, and I haven't even told my wife I'm scared to. Um, and so I'm just going to let God be God. And all I'm going to ask you to do is pray and, and seek God. He is, and I told him on the phone, he's the most humble apostle I've ever known. And he's a tall gentleman. He's got two sons. They have sons. One's Caleb, and what's the other one's name? I can't remember the other one. They're about our boys' age, I think, maybe a little bit older. And they might be coming along, and, and uh, I'm, we're very, very blessed that, that Rich is going to at least go pick him up in Texas and bring him up here and then he'll go home commercial. So all I'm asking you is to pray and seek God. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful work. I can remember when they were digging wells in Africa and getting fresh water for for the people. And uh, they have a hospital and a great compound like Mike Keys in the Philippines. And, And so we remember that. So that's that's be sometime the end of January or in February. Amen? Look at Isaiah 49. We're using the same uh, notes from last week, if you have the type thing, and we're going to get into that towards the bottom. But I want to go through and give you the Scripture in Isaiah 49, because we're talking about the anointing. We've been on the subject of the anointing. And uh, I want to read this to you. This, this is a wonderful passage in Isaiah. It says, Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. Say, the Lord has called me from the womb. From the matrix of my mother, He's made mention of my name, and He's made my mouth like a sharp sword. Say, He's made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he's hidden me. He made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. And we've been on the talking about the hidden ones. And you and I are hidden ones. And God has had hidden ones throughout history. Nobody knows who they are 
what they that they're called to do and destined to be, but God knows, and He's He's had those people planted in certain areas for these last days. This church is a church that's been planted for these last days. You are people that are, that have been hidden by God. For these last days. The hidden ones are you and I, God's remnant end time army, who were born for such a time as this. We're God's secret weapons. I believe that. We said the secret things belong to the Lord our God. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So these are scriptures that apply to God. And the thing is... God is a God of secret places and secret things, but we are His people and He lets us know some secret things. Especially the hidden ones. God hides His hidden ones. Amen. The Scripture says, You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall hide them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. You know, we don't need to get all worked up about what's going on with the government. Don't be nervous, Barney. You know, get that gun out with your one bullet. Just let God be God. He's hidden us for this time, and He's going to take care of His people. Amen? Now, we said there's some characteristics of hidden ones, and we're going to go on today and and talk about that too. We said, first of all, that the hidden ones stay away from the limelight. Hidden ones don't need a stage. Amen? They don't need the accolades. They don't need all the recognition. And they're more than likely just to stay away from the limelight. Then we said, hidden ones possess the anointing and spiritual authority because they accomplish their assignments without any special recognition. They're not looking for a pat on the back. And yet, there's nothing wrong with being encouraged. We need that. We all, you know, enjoy when somebody, you know, acknowledges what we do. I I get that. But we don't do everything, you know, for God just to be, to have our deeds made known. Amen? Then we said, hidden ones walk in the Spirit and reject the world system. Hidden ones will choose every day to walk in the Spirit and reject the world system. Amen? There's a lot of Christian believers that have not rejected the world system. Let's say it this way. They've not surrendered all. Amen? Or they have surrendered all. Amen? And so, that, that we need to understand. The desire of the hidden ones is to please God first and foremost, and not please man, and not please their flesh. Amen? Now, let's go on. Look in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 23. Matthew 23, and let me make a couple statements to you. Another characteristics, characteristic of a hidden one is simply this. Hidden ones are servants. Say that. Hidden ones are servants. They're servants of God. They're servant-minded. Now listen to this statement. Any anointing that God gives 
is always dependent upon one's first being a servant. Any anointing that God gives is dependent upon one being, first of all, a servant. So if you want to experience the anointing of God and flow in the anointing of God and the gifts of God, then what do you need to be? It's that simple. Now, granted, I realize some people are motivated towards servanthood more than others, but we're all called to be servants. How many of you could say with uplifted hand, I could be a better servant? Sure. The word minister literally means one who serves. There's no other higher calling than being a servant. There's no higher calling than being a servant. Look at Matthew 23, and look at verse 11. It says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your what? So, you want to be a great one in the kingdom of God? Then guess what you need to be? Guess what I need to be? A servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Many servants of God lose the anointing after a period of time because they quit serving and they demand to be served. <laughs> Let me read that once more. Many servants of God lose the anointing after a while because they stop serving and demand to be served. Let it not be said of this people at Harvest Church that we expect to be served. I think there's something out on the board where people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. So you and I need to be committed to serving. And see, what's going on, and this is what's going to be so refreshing in these last days, in the days ahead, it's not going to be about a Hollywood preacher. It's not going to be about a mega church and how many and how they fill a stadium. And I'm not against filling stadiums if it's with the right purpose. It's not going to be about a man. It's not going to be about a denomination, a personality. It's going to be about Him. Bottom line, it's going to be about Jesus. Amen? I don't want to lose the anointing. So stay servant-minded. Look at Matthew 20. Go back a couple pages and look at verse 20. This is an account where, um, let me pick up in verse 20 of, of chapter 20. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. See, they had mamas like that even back then. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm, that I'm baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup. 
and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. See, nothing's changed, folks. People still vying for position. But Jesus called them to Himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your what? Let him be your servant. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What, where's Caleb at? What was the movie, war maybe, war movie, where this gentleman didn't want to fight in the battle or use a gun? Heartbreak? Hacksaw Ridge? How many of you saw that movie? true story how many people did he save and 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 uh, but what he did he was a servant he was a true servant and in the end he was acknowledged for all that he did which he should have done but you see that's the way the body of Christ isn't like that we shoot one another We judge and criticize and put down one another instead of building up and encouraging and forgiving one another. And see, that's what's got to change in the days ahead. All of us got areas we could work on there, shouldn't we? Look at Luke 12. Luke chapter 12 and look at verse 35. We're talking about the anointing of God, and if we want a strong anointing and flow in the anointing of God, then we have to be servants. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 35, it says, Let your waist be girded. This is about the faithful servant and the evil servant. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Now listen. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself, have them sit down to eat, and will come and what? (laughs) I'll never forget. It's been a while back, but... I was listening to an account of an individual, a man that had died and gone to heaven. And when he went and was transported to heaven, he found himself sitting at a table. And the table went on, he just went on and on and on and on. And people were up sitting ready to eat at this table. This scripture is what it refers to. And he looked around. And all of a sudden, somebody came up behind him and served him. And he looked up, and it was Jesus. You know, if Jesus can serve, how much more should you and I have the heart's attitude 
and be willing to serve one another. Amen? God glorifies servants. He desires humility and a people who have developed, now listen, who have developed a hidden devotional life. Say that with me. Hidden devotional life. You and I are, it's so important that we have every day a hidden devotional life. We shut out everything. You know, I went down the, I don't know where I was driving the other day, and I went by, oh, I was on the four lane coming from Columbus, and you wouldn't believe the people, and don't get mad, but most of them were women, had their phone right here. And one even kind of went over the line. When I see people with a phone in front of them and they're driving, look out. Listen, we've got to put the phones down. Anything that will distract you. We all have things that can distract us. You have to shut that all out and you have to develop a hidden devotional life. I've, I'm really working on this, and I did pretty well this week. I'll come in and I'll worship God and sing and praise, and then I will sit down and be still. And my goal is a half an hour of stillness. You're going to have to find out what you can do to be still. And I, I didn't have a burning bush experience. And I didn't hear a deep booming voice telling me, oh, thou wonderful, good and faithful servant you are. But I was still. What are you doing to be still every day? Are you shutting out all the noise of the world? The, you know, granted, you got to work, you got kids, you got responsibilities, but folks, you're going to have to figure out where you can get alone with God and be still. If your job takes priority over stillness, then you better make a change. If you can't put that phone down, you better make a change. We've got to learn how to be still. In fact, the word says, be still and know that I am God. There will be a surprise at the marriage supper of the Lamb because the guest of honor will be serving. Who's the guest of honor? Jesus. Jesus. Now, I want to look at... Um, well, let me read this to you. So the first one characteristic was what? Servanthood. Let's, let's do one more. And then I'll unhook. Because I want to concentrate on this. Let me read to you from the message translation. Matthew chapter 6. It says, And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. 
Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Isn't that good? That's the message translation. The next one is, you and I are going to have have a, a life of prayer. You and I must have a life of prayer. Say life of prayer. And it's it's got to become a a thing where it's not laborious and it's just an exercise. But it's a time of fellowship and communion with God, your Creator. It's something that you, you, you love to do. Prayer doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be hard. Any anointing that God gives is always dependent upon how much time is spent in your prayer closet. Any anointing that God gives is dependent upon how much time you and I are spending in our prayer closet. You want a strong anointing? Then you need a strong prayer life. It's awful quiet here. If you want a strong anointing, you're going to have to be a servant and you're going to have to learn to spend time in prayer. Amen? Prayer requires faithfulness and humility. Say it with me. Faithfulness and humility. Look at Luke chapter 2. I want to go through this and then we'll, we'll unhook today. There are people throughout the Bible that were hidden ones. And you can find a number of them, but I want to give you two today. Simeon and Anna. Say Simeon and Anna. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, baby Jesus is coming into the temple. Now let me read this and then, then I'll comment on it. It says, and Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was what? Upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the who? Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So evidently he had a vision. He had a dream. He had a word from God. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. Say, he came by the Spirit in the temple. Now, now are, you, are you getting it? We're talking about a hidden one. His name was Simeon. How many times have I mentioned the Spirit? Three times. So he must have been in fellowship with who? The Holy Spirit. 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Think about this man. He had a vision from God. You know, God had spoken to his heart by his spirit that he would not die until he'd seen Christ. And I, I, I looked at this, and this is what jumped out here. It says, waiting for the consolation of Israel. One translation says, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. He lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. See, that word wait in the Greek means hope or expectation. To fully and completely take something without reservation of hesitation. It means to look for and to anticipate. So this hidden one was able to wait. And how long do you suppose he had to wait? Years, I'm sure. And we can't wait a day, a week, or a month. We have to see it happen right away. See, hidden ones, you're going to be spending in time with fellowship with the Holy Spirit... And you're going, you and I are going to have to learn how to wait. How many, how many know we've been waiting right now to see some things happen in this nation? Well, it's no different. Simeon, Simeon had to wait too. But there came a day when the Christ came in to the temple. You know, my, my thinking, well, he put the baby down and died. No. <laughs> Not necessarily. He didn't necessarily have to just depart then. But he got to see Jesus. But everything he did was by the Spirit. He came into the temple and he was at the right place at the right time. If you as a hidden one will learn to wait, be still on God, have a prayer life, you'll be at the right place at the right time and you'll see some things. That's the truth. Now, let's look at the next one. Go down to verse 36. This is a remarkable one. Anna. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess. But both of them were prophetic. Simeon was prophetic too. But she was called a prophetess. The daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Well, there you go. Do you think she was a hidden one? 
Here we have the word served. She served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Night and day. 24-7 in the temple. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So these two hidden ones got to see Jesus. Probably the first ones to, to recognize and discern this was the Christ. Simeon and Anna were hidden people who had a vision and a dream, but lived a hidden life of devotion to God. You and I complain because we haven't seen God move yet. Stop it. Stop complaining and just rest in Him. And know He said it. His word is good. God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of man that He should repent. As He said, shall He not do it? Has He spoken and shall He not make it good? It's going to happen. Just like it did for Simeon and Anna. It's going to happen for us. They probably were the first ones in Jerusalem to recognize who Jesus was. They were called as intercessors to pray for the coming Messiah to the earth in God's appointed time. So they were both prayer, prayer people. They knew who He was or who Christ was because they'd been hiding in their prayer closet. Hiding in their prayer closet. Prayer and in this intercession is a hidden ministry. But without it, the anointing will not flow. Let me say it again. Prayer and intercession is a hidden ministry. But without it, the anointing will not flow. And I'll say this too, it's a lonely place too. Because it's just you. It's just me. But without that time of prayer and fellowship with God and intercession for others... The anointing will not flow. The degree to which... Now listen, I'm going to close with this statement. Stand up, please. The degree to which we pray and intercede is the degree to which we will experience the anointing. The degree to which you and I pray and intercede is the degree to which we will experience the anointing. So, what's the first one you and I need to be as hidden ones? Servant. What's the second one? People of prayer. And we know that, don't we? It's got to happen. So if you're here today... And you'd rather be served than serve, make a change. This week, determine in your heart, I'm going to be a servant. Whether it be at work, whether it be at school, whether it be at home, in your neighborhood, determine. Today, Holy Spirit, help me be a servant. 
It might be something so small and insignificant, but take the step. Because Jesus took the step. How much more should you and I take the step and serve others? Then you're going to have to determine this week, make a change. Shut out the world. Shut out the distractions. Shut out the noise. Put that phone down and find a still place. If you live in the country, you're blessed. I come out here, it's quiet. Find a quiet place so you can sit at the feet of Jesus. Father, I pray this morning for this, for this group of hidden ones. I call you by faith, hidden ones. Hidden ones that have made a decision to serve humanity. Hidden ones that have made a decision to pray in that quiet place. Oh, Father, we want the anointing. And we must have the anointing. Because the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage on people's lives. And there are people coming. There are people coming. There are people coming who must have the anointing that will set them free. So evaluate your life now. And make a quality decision to make some changes in your lifestyle. And as you do, Know that the Father in heaven who is in the secret place and sees in the secret place will see you on your knees. And He'll pour out that anointing upon you. So when you go out of this place, you can pray for others and they'll see salvation and deliverance and healing. Because the anointing will flow. Don't you want the anointing to flow? Oh, Spirit of grace, You've spoken to our hearts today. Oh, people of Harvest Church, I hope you've heard the Word today. Make the necessary changes so you can be effective servants in the days ahead. We love you, Father. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you license to do a deep work in my heart. I want to be a better servant. I want to spend more time in prayer. So I purpose this day, I believe in my heart. Therefore, I speak with my mouth. I shall be a servant of the Most High God. And I will be an intercessor to meet the needs of others. I yield myself, spirit, soul, and body to you, Father.
Use me. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you this morning. I sense such a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. I believe He's spoken to us individually and corporately. If God be for you, who can be against you? And God is for you. We love you today. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen.